0: Ladies, gentlemen and NBs, hold on to your hats. It's Queer and Awesome. Hello and welcome to Queer and Awesome. My name is Krista, but you can call me Chris. It's great to have you with me today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd like to start today by introducing myself so you have a bit of an idea of who this mystical voice coming through your chosen audio device is. My name is Chris. I'm 27, I am a Scorpio, and I was born in the Year of the Dragon. I am a queer-identified, cisgendered female, I'm pansexual, and I'm a bit of a femme. I love dresses and the colour pink. I currently live in Wellington City, and I am a student at the New Zealand Radio Training School. On today's episode, I'm talking about androgyne and today in non-binary genders. I have a chat with an intersex person, and to top it all off, a dash of queer sex ed. Day in non-binary gender. We're talking about androgyne. Androgyne is a non-binary gender that is associated with androgyny. Androgynes have a gender which is at the same time feminine and masculine, but not necessarily in equal amounts. It's not a 50-50 split type of situation. Western society doesn't currently have any set gender roles for androgynes. The really cool thing about the gender identity of androgyne is it can be applied across the board in regards to someone's gender expression. So it can be used by someone who is genderqueer or who is transgender, who chooses to identify as sort of in between the two, dressing in neutral clothing, or smushing both of those together and dressing somewhat feminine and somewhat masculine. Some androgynes will experience gender dysphoria and wish to undergo surgery or a round of hormone treatment but not all do and it's entirely up to the individual as to whether they feel that that is something that they need to do for themselves there are three subcategories of androgyne the first one is fem-androgyne, which is an androgyne who feels more feminine than masculine. The second is mask-androgyne, which is an androgyne who feels more masculine than feminine. And the third is verse-androgyne, which means an androgyne person who feels relatively even between feminine and masculine, or just doesn't feel anything at all, somewhat similar to gender neutral. And that, my friends, was today in non-binary genders. There are many non-binary genders and gender identities that are outside of the male and female binary genders that society recognise as valid genders in general and one of these is intersex. Intersex is not readily talked about in mainstream society. It's not something that I personally have had a lot of exposure to or had a lot of conversations about until I got really involved in the queer community and started meeting people who identified as intersex who were born this way and who shared their stories about their lives. So on today's podcast I thought it'd be pretty cool to interview someone who was intersex and to learn a little bit about their journey.
1: My name's Sin, um, I'm a 30 year old intersex person and I'm just here to tell a little bit of my story. I guess it's something that's been with me all my life. I was never exactly normal. I did a lot of um, things like playing female characters in the playground. Yeah, Kimberly from Power Rangers. (laughs) Instead of playing with G.I. Joes and things like that, I wanted to play with the Barbie dolls and stuff like that. Didn't have a lot of male friends in school because I just didn't associate with them very well and um, felt more comfortable around the girls and started at one point to transition and I thought that was the way that my mind was going, um, male to female, but worked out during that that even then I wouldn't be happy, that I had both elements within myself. There is physical and mental tells of both genders and just carried on through that and always wondered why I didn't have things like an Adam's apple. People had said that I had a lot of feminine um, structure and things like that to my face and body. I well played a lot online when I was younger as a female and it just felt right and just stayed with that for some time until I finally got to a point where I just didn't care what others thought of me, gender-wise. And I appear male clothes, but without clothes, I have no Adam's apple. Um, I actually have breasts, which is an interesting thing, which isn't weight-related. Even when I was in shape, I still had it. Um, male tackle and mental and emotional response of both genders. Like I said, I did start transitioning, but I worked out I wouldn't be happy even if I did that. So the best way for me is to living as a male in real life and to do female side of things online. I role play a lot. People know that I'm sex, but they treat me 100% as female online. However, there are some exceptions in both cases, real life and online with certain people and since discovering that I've been a lot happier. My mother knows and she's quite supportive and so yeah, it's made things a lot easier to discover that side of me.
0: When you were a child, did your parents treat you as a male child? Uh, Yes, I was uh, treated as a male child. I guess
1: I still am treated as male, but my mother does know about the intersex side. It's just not something she'll ever be able to wrap her head around, but she doesn't treat it in a derogatory fashion.
0: As a child, you felt more comfortable around the girls rather than the boys identified more with the females. When did you figure out that you may be not a cisgendered male?
1: Well I guess looking back to it, I got onto um, adult chat servers and things when I was around 14 and I think around then was when I started, for lack of a better word, playing as that gender that I never felt right portraying myself as male on that. It always just felt more natural as female. And that's just sort of an identity that stuck. And back then I wasn't open about it because with a lot of things, you've got the open and closeted side of things. I'm open about it now, but back then, yeah.
0: Have you been on the receiving end of any bullying specifically based on your gender identity and expression?
1: Um, I guess because um, it took me quite some time to realise just how it was. Not exactly. I've been on the end of people just not understanding, um, particularly during the transition period, they were saying things like, yeah, but you're a male. Um, You're not a female, you're a male. And just having no, um, I guess, concept of... The spectrum of
0: gender.
1: Hmm. Um, I mean, yes, in the end it turned out that I was not um, female like I believed, but certainly not just male either. Um, I put myself pretty much smack bang in the middle of the spectrum. So if,
0: for instance, someone asked you what your gender is, do you say that you identify as an intersex person or how do you sort of broach that subject?
1: Um, it's very much circumstantial, um, like, if I had only just met you, for example, I knew nothing about you, I would say that I was male, but if I'd heard that you were queer-friendly or something like that, for, again, lack of a better term, um, I'd probably say, yeah, I'm intersex, that's this is what I mean by it, but if I just got talking to a guy at the pub or something and didn't know them, um, there's no way I'd bring that up just for safety concerns.
0: Mm, That's a very real concern. Yeah. Because you present to the real life world as male and the online world as female, is it almost like living a double life?
1: I guess you could say it is. I mean, I would say in some ways it's more... Lit personality is not the right term. It's, I guess, expressing another um, aspect of my personality. um, Because it's still the one life, but it's something difficult to explain. Um, An analogy I could make is um, you might work in a supermarket during the day, and then to make ends meet, you work as a pizza deliverer at night. Um, It's not a double life or anything, it's just something that is.
0: That's a really good answer. Gender identity and sexual identity are entirely different. Where on the sexual identity spectrum do you identify, and also how does that tie in with your gender identity?
1: I'm pansexual. Um, I honestly don't give a damn about what gender you are and things like that. I don't care what's between your legs or how you perceive yourself. It's I'm purely attracted to personality and things. As for how it ties into my gender, I don't think it does. I can't see the link between the two, but that's just me.
0: I can only imagine what life would be like when You have to deal with those barriers and those emotional and physical things that have such an impact on your life and I congratulate you, Sin, on getting as far as you have and finding a way to make a comfortable life for yourself. It's really awesome. Thanks so much for talking with me today. This segment is not going to be overly explicit in content but I will be discussing sexual things so if that makes you uncomfortable or it's not something that you want to listen to please feel free to sign off or just skip a couple of minutes ahead. question that I'm frequently asked is how do people define sex? Now I can't speak for people but I can speak for myself. Personally I have quite a holistic approach to sex. For myself it's not all about insertion of part A into part B. Sex is about connecting with a person or persons and creating an experience with that person that is mutually pleasurable and beneficial. Sex can be as much or as little as you want it to be and it's only defined by the parameters of the people who are involved in the sexual experience. Sex can be anything from lying with your partner and stroking each other and just exploring each other's bodies with your hands for hours and kissing you know that that is still sex. Sex is not just the penetration and the you know few thrusts and yay orgasm it's a whole lot more than that. Sex in general has been boiled down within our society to be something that is saleable it's something that is used quite widely to sell things and it's usually women being used as sex objects to sell things to men and what that has done is that has created a culture of belief that sex is between a man and a woman and it is a penetration act and that's kind of it. Well I'm here to tell you that that's not quite true. I sold you the wrong story. Sex is a whole lot more than that and really it's only defined by your imagination and of course boundaries and consent. How you have sex with someone is going to be entirely different from anyone you ever know how they have sex with someone else. Sex is a very personal thing and it's a connection of people and spirits and their bodies. I think the biggest thing that you should think about um, around sex is consent. Consent needs to be informed and enthusiastic. It needs to be a very clear yes. Anything other than that is a no. And it's not that hard. It's really easy. Would you like to have sex with me? Yes. Awesome, let's do the thing. Would you like to have sex with me? Oh, I don't know, I'm feeling a bit sick. That's a no, straight away. It's not a maybe, there's no such thing as a maybe. It is a yes or it is a no. Communicating is probably the other biggest thing. You need to be communicating about what you're wanting from the experience and how you're gonna go about it. Communication is definitely key. Talking to your partner about things they do and do not like, talking to your partner about things they'd like to do with you and how you feel about that, it makes sex sexy. If you know that your partner loves being tickled on their feet, then tickle them on their feet, you know, unless you have some massive foot phobia. You know, if you know that your partner really does not like having their ears nibbled, but loves to have their neck bitten, well, you know, there's a compromise right there. If you like to bite things, You can bite their neck and just leave their ears alone, and voila, compromise. Creating a connection with someone during sex is quite important, because really all sex is, is connecting with another person in a fashion that is unique to the two of you in that time and that place. And it's about the exploration and the creation of a pleasurable experience. And that's pretty exciting. As someone who has had a a fair amount of sex throughout my life, I can quite honestly tell you that no two people are the same. Everyone is different, and that's okay. And if you are a queer person or a non-binary person, or you are interested in having sex with a non-binary or a, a queer person, the best thing you can do is talk to them about what your wanting to get from the situation and what you're wanting to get from the situation and how you're going to approach that in a safe way because it can be quite confusing Uh, speaking from experience I'm a cisgender person and I have in the past been involved with a transgender male now that was an entirely new experience for me i would only ever been with cisgendered women and men There are so many aspects that if you've never been with someone who is non-binary before, you may not even take into account. For instance, there's gender dysphoria, which is probably the biggest thing. That is when a person feels uncomfortable within their body or with certain parts of their body, and that can have a very big impact on how they have sex, or if they have sex at all. For instance, the person that you are negotiating sexy times with might be dysphoric about their genitalia for whatever reason. And all you need to do is have a conversation about that. You know, talk to them and say, are there any parts of your body that you would like me to avoid? Or or are there parts of your body that you would really like me to engage with? Another aspect is terminology because some people will have different terms for parts of their anatomy. For instance, someone might call their genitals their junk or their bits, or a myriad of other terms that are less gendered for them and those are things you really need to talk about beforehand you need to just have an open engaging conversation about how you both are going to interact with each other you're wanting to create sex obviously you want to have sex with someone and consent is sexy so that's the first step get consent would you like to have sex with me yeah i'd love to have sex with you awesome hey let's have sex Before we do that, can we just talk a little bit about our boundaries and things we maybe do or do not want. It's really that simple. Then you're opening up the conversation to talk about things that you do or do not like and you're also giving them the opportunity to talk about things that they may or may not like. Doing so in a safe and unpressured environment is a really good thing. Also checking in regularly throughout your activities is a really great idea, because then you are ensuring that at all times during the experience, both you and your partner are feeling safe, happy and comfortable. And that concludes this podcast's episode of Sex Ed. Thanks so much for listening, it was great to have you with me today. Stay safe and make good choices, this is Chris. Today's podcast music was brought to you by bensound.com, title track buddy with intro vocals provided by from text